Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the 1998 film Ever After. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed and listen without having seen the film, just be aware that we do discuss the plot and there are some light spoilers. Enjoy. Hello. What up? I don't have a How... song today. It's too hot for that shit. Too hot for a song. Yeah. Too hot indeed. Which was also the name of a disco song. I don't know. I just think it sounds like that. Too hot for a song. It's too hot for a song. But... <laughs> like um, Kind of like that song by the Scissor Sisters, I Don't Feel Like Dancing, which I have danced to. How do you like that, Scissor Sisters? Do you like dancing to Joy Division and celebrating the irony? No, but you know what I do like? Wombats. Not the wombats. Wombats, the (laughs) The, animal. The animal wombat. Yeah. In fact, I think my Cub Scout troop might have been called the wombats. Like you had to to take another name. I might be wrong about that. I remember the wombat and the animal, the wombat, had some significance to me as a child. And I can't remember what. They are an inherently funny animal as well. Yeah, they're sort of like an angry beaver, right? Yeah, exactly. I didn't realise that. annoyed beaver. I, I, I have to go and look up a wombat right now because I haven't looked at what a wombat looks like in a long time. Oh, yeah, it's sort of like a cross between a beaver and a pig. They're actually extremely weird. Yeah, they're strange little animals, aren't they? Wow. Yeah, this is really odd. I'm not sure if I like <laughs> it. <laughs> And then this ah. link says wombats produce cubed poo. Wow. That's yeah. that's impressive. Scientists solve mystery of how wombats produce cubed poo. <laughs> I have never seen anything this weird in biology, says the researcher. Well, they are strange, strange animals. Wow. You know you know who's an even stranger animal than than the wombat? I don't know. What is? Boris Johnson. <laughs> he's not an animal, he's a monster. Yep. That, that that's what I mean. Strange animal, <laughs> monster, you know, demogorgon. He is a he is an awful specimen. Yep. He's about to become our prime minister. Yay. He is. I enjoy I enjoy the fact that many countries in the world now have openly white supremacist leaders. Yep. Him and Trump are gonna be hanging out all the time, having like white supremacist parties. It's gonna be great. They're gonna be just there rubbing each other's bellies. Yep. Oh, I thought you were gonna say backs. I don't know which is worse, actually. Well, it's inherently irritating to think of them rubbing each other's backs and me going, good job. You also rose to the top in spite of a complete lack of ability to do anything. Yeah. Um, But uh, there's something grotesque about the idea of them just sitting there, shirts open, just rubbing rubbing baby oil into their bellies (laughs) together. Oh, you, you missed a spot right here. (laughs) <laughs> that's as good a Trump impression as I can do because his voice is so weird everything about him is weird that like gif you sent me of him drinking he drinks in the weirdest way I have ever seen yeah he he drinks in a very strange way much like uh, Michael Gove oh god yeah he sort of whereas Michael Gove sort of he's almost like 
licking the inside of the glass with trumpets <laughs> like a, a duck towards the glass as he goes to drink it. Yeah. It's like he's never um, seen a glass before in his life. It's very strange. Very strange indeed. Which I wouldn't be surprised by. It's like in... um. I think it's the first ever episode of Forty Towers, which is overrated, but is a very, very good and funny show that just about holds up, I think, although I haven't seen it for a few years, but it was one of the first lines as he walks in, um, John Cleese walks in, he's talking to his wife, he's the hotel manager, and he says, have you seen the people in room six? They've never even sat on chairs before. <laughs> that is excellent. Which always used to make me chuckle. Yeah, it's a f- it's an all right show, isn't it? I find a lot of those classic comedies have aged quite badly. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see, actually. I feel like I haven't watched it in a good five to ten years, perhaps more. But that was one of those things where, like, I think I saw it when I was a kid and I knew that it was old, but thought that it was good. And it was one of the first times I had that experience, which I think is an important one of understanding that there's stuff that is much older than you. It's old and it still has worth. Hmm. Whereas, you know, the, the usual, um, the British way is usually to assume that anything that's old has worth, which is not true, of course. No, it's a it's an interesting fascination, isn't it? Yeah, it's sort of quietly morbid. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're a nation <laughs> of undertakers. Someone, someone said we're a nation of shopkeepers, we're not. A nation of quiet undertakers. The elephant graveyard of, of the world. <laughs> yes, we're a bunch of hyenas. Or would it would it be that the rest of the world as hyenas because they're laughing at us? Seriously, the rest of the world is laughing at us right now, and have been for some years. Yeah, it's true. Although a lot of the rest of the world is also making terrible decisions. So yeah, I think I'm gonna move to Greenland. Have you seen Greenland? It's massive and has a really low population. That's like my ideal you, place. Yeah, there's very few people there. Yeah, which is always a benefit. Yeah. You know, I don't really like people, if I'm honest. I mean, people are the worst, aren't they? A generic human being. Yeah, I don't mind a non-generic human being every now and then. But yeah, a generic human being? Nah. Yeah, what, you got the, arms, legs, the people, and a face, whatever. There's the people you know, they're good. The people you don't know, very bad. bad ones. Very awful. Yeah, stay away, people. Yeah, get out of it. Get out. I just want people I don't know to listen to the podcast and that's it. I don't want to actually yes. know you. Yeah. Listen to our words. Yep. <laughs> but, but, but don't come up and meet us in person. Don't write us emails saying <laughs> <laughs> that you didn't like the film or the chat that we had about the film or that you actually really enjoyed the score in The Lobster or whatever. I mean, I'd like to hear that. I'd like some vindication. Yeah, of course you would. The greatest. Bum, bum, ba, 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 ba. It's still in my head. I can't get it out. It's, it's a, incredibly effective. Yeah. Makes your working day interesting. <laughs> Going to sure. get a cup of tea. So anyway, you've been away. We haven't recorded in over, over a week. Has it been over a yeah. week? Yeah, it's been well over a week, I think. Um, so yes, I have been in Malta, in Valletta. How was that? It was very good. It was very interesting. Lovely people. That's interesting some, somewhere place. I'd be interested in going to someday, Malta. Yeah, I would recommend going to Malta. It's a very interesting island with its own unique, um, culture and lots of history. It's a good one. Did you guys choose it for a particular reason? Um, just 
for the history of the place really and and things to go and see and just Valletta is a very cool city um it's only about a kilometer square less than a kilometer square oh nice Um, you know what that's one of my favorite things i love a compact city where you can just walk around everywhere yeah and most of the time there's no traffic um it's pretty much only like to do deliveries and things like that so um yeah it's uh it's a good one that's great that sounds ideal yeah it's it's um it's really good actually i'd I'd recommend going there and you Very heard a lot of good music while you were out there didn't you yeah there was lots of um there, there's lots of um like squares in the city where you can go and have a drink or have a bite to eat and often you've got um musicians there uh so it could be doing for instance a a reggae version of um hip to Steve be square me by sam smith <laughs> <laughs> why not which was great and much better than the original. Yeah. Sam Smith, he just sounds like, you know, a small gust of wind would knock him over and that would be it. <laughs> I, 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 I have time for people who have that delicateness to their music. Um, but yeah, that song is, is just fine. But adding, an, adding a reggae element to it, the, the, it did wonders. Did wonders. You know what I've discovered this week? Babies love reggae. Oh, really? Yeah, we've been playing Bob Marley oh. to my son. He can't get enough. Oh, excellent stuff. Yeah, Three Little Birds. He's all about that. Oh, there we go. Brilliant. Although I've, and I've then floated the idea of showing him Rasta Mouse when he's a bit older and Claire didn't go for it. She'd never even heard of Rasta Mouse. I said, you're a teacher. Oh, you're a primary school teacher. Have you not heard of Rasta Mouse? But I think this is quite old news. Rasta Mouse is a, is a well, it was a classic. Rasta Mouse is the easy crew. Yeah. Uh, it's a genius, genius show that I have definitely watched and haven't just heard of via osmosis. <laughs> I I believe you've watched every single episode. <laughs> oh, definitely. To be fair, you could definitely. have done like on a day off because they're only like six minutes long or something. Yeah, I like my shows compact and full of reggae. Yeah, Game Game of Thrones. I think you could probably fit every episode of Rasta Mouse into one episode of Game of Thrones. Probably. <laughs> And I don't mean in like a crossover way. No, no. Game of Rast Thrones. <laughs> oh dear. So yeah, that's that's been it's been it's been a time. It's been a week. It's been hot today, and work was really busy. And I got new shoes, and they gave me blisters. And then I came in, and my son was yelling at me. It's one of those kind of days. <laughs> and now I get to yell at you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yell at me. Why not? Just just lay it all oi, out. Oi. Oi. Ever after. What's all that about? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's a film from the 90s that I honestly was not even aware of until my wife mentioned it to me and was like, you should do this film. I don't think I'd never, ever even heard of it. But then I, I saw the poster and I was like, maybe I have heard of this. Um, but I don't remember ever seeing it or like really seeing anything about it or anything. So... It was interesting from that point of view. As you, as you know, I always find it interesting to look at a film that has not endured or that it, people don't really talk about anymore since it's um, the time that it was out. Um, so I think it was interesting in that regard, right? Yeah, it's it's again, it's something that I had heard of but never seen. I could kind of understand the appeal back at the time, but for me at least, this has not held up very well. And no. going to it now... Again, I guess as a um, as an older man, <laughs> uh, maybe not the target demographic, but it was interesting to see how 
Wait, you um, mean you're not a 14-year-old girl? I am not a 14-year-old girl, I'm sorry to say. You mean you haven't um, just read Pride and Prejudice <clears throat> for the first time? I, I have not just read Pride and Prejudice for the first time. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it's uh, yeah, it, it has this weird tone to it where it has that kind of late 90s romantic movie aimed at teenagers tone where it's like oh you you should listen to me for i have great ideas about the world i i can talk poetically it's totally gonna shake up your worldview man that kind of thing um which was which was interesting and it was nice to sort of return to that but it felt like there was always this big clash of ideas between wanting to stick to cinderella and wanting to go down this other route. And I don't think it, I think if it had done it in more of a comedic way, it might've worked a bit better, but a lot of the time it's very not serious, but it doesn't go straight for the the comedy angle. I was just thinking that actually. Yeah. I, I did, hadn't quite been able to put my finger on what was off with the tone, but now that you mention it, I think actually they would have done better if they'd just been a bit goofy with it. If they'd have thought, okay, it's kind of silly to get Cinderella and try to make it into this big romantic thing. You can go one of two ways. You can either go super serious and make it look like one of those mega period dramas that, you know, cost millions and millions and millions and, you know, where the horses have their own trailers and everything. Or you can go goofy and you can just make it self-aware in that way. And I think it tried to strike a balance between the two that was impossible to strike. Yeah, that's that's the problem, isn't it? That it kind of, it tried to do... It tried to do both and it didn't quite work because it was already playing. Get you a film that can do idea. both. <laughs> exactly. Um but it was already it was already struggling to uh to sort of handle doing it in a way that sort of worked. So when it then doubled down on it it was a bit like, ah, okay. Yeah. Do do you think if it had been if it hadn't been based on the the Cinderella story, if it had tried to be its own film, that it could have had more scope to go either way or to try and make, have a different tonal shift. Do you think part of it was to do with the the um, the source material, as it were? I think so. Yeah, I think the fact that it it used the source material kind of forced it to go down a direction that it perhaps didn't necessarily need to have. Um, but then also by by having that clash between having it a Cinderella and then having the the so-called realism of uh, genuine places in the real world and setting it within a sort of vague time frame as well, it kind of took away from the fantasy of it. So it ended up feeling a little bit like it. it and and the other the other issue that it had uh, is that it all feels a bit muddy. Uh, and I mean that in the literal yeah, sense. Yeah, you, you don't has... mean uh, in terms of yeah the physical physicality of there are some scenes where people roll around in the mud, not in like yes, a yeah. s- sexy wrestling way. Just it was very muddy in France at the time. Yeah, it, it, it's got that kind of. Um, so the prime example of this is the Kevin Costner Robin Hood movie, which oh, mud everywhere. Honestly, where the, where it all at feels... one point Kevin Costner is just made of mud. Well, there, there's this great scene at the beginning where he's just rolling around on a sandy beach, getting covered in sand, and um, and 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 that kind of, and it's got that kind of um, quality of, of you can really see the sort of grime and everything like that, which work, which works very well if you're trying to portray a a fantasy 
or, or, or not not so much a fantasy, but this very medieval quality. But when you introduce elements of a fairy tale to it, it kind of takes away from the magic of it all, I suppose, which is what they were trying to do. But by by having the plot line very much get laid out in the same way as Cinderella, I think it negates the kind of uh, pseudo-realism they were going for. Yeah, for, for sure. It's, pseudo-realism is the right word, actually. And I think that's actually a very, very difficult thing to pull off. And especially when it already carries the weight of the idea of Cinderella, which is, you know, not 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 only a story that already existed in popular culture, but also as a fairy tale as well. I mean, that has so much history attached to it and so much cultural context. When you try to do pseudo-realism, yeah, maybe maybe they actually should have gone really, really gritty and had the prince, like, murdering people and stuff. Yeah, or, or like, there's the great um, Roald Dahl retelling of Cinderella. In I can't remember if it's Revolting Rhymes or the other one that's kind of similar. Um... Where yeah, he, it's in the revolting rhymes where she whips the pistol from her knickers. Yes, and because uh, it because it ties together, uh, it, it it kind of entwines the stories of um, various fairy tales, doesn't it? And so they're standalone, but they kind of they have elements where they sort of come together. Um, so it's got Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs in there, I think, as well. Um, there's um, Red Riding Hood. There's Cinderella um uh, there they, it works really well and and that had that kind of real twisted take on it which was very funny as a kid um yeah for sure you need, yeah they should have made it really twisted and dark yes or or just had it twisted and funny yeah which is which is possible isn't it which you could definitely that, that's do. your bag isn't it twisted and funny yeah i want people to get that's what you're isn't that what your twitter bio is <laughs> exactly Robert underscore Gordon underscore twisted and funny. Speaking of Twitter, I had another viral. Tweet. You had your your best ever tweet this week. I can't believe it did better numbers than your Waluigi tweet. I'm genuinely furious that it beat my Waluigi tweet because my Waluigi tweet was there was my heart and soul in that. It yeah, was, it was this the, was just to throw away some throwaway bullshit about politics. Yeah, <laughs> whereas the, my Waluigi stuff, I was I was so proud of my Waluigi shit post. Um, whereas this one was just a kind of snarky political comment and and people love it and I'm very disappointed because where's the love for Waluigi, you know? I will say I went onto your profile to look at it again and then there's a picture of your cat looking really disappointed on it. So <laughs> <laughs> that just kind of says it all, doesn't it? Exactly. My cat is a huge Waluigi fan and is and just incredibly on, angry. On the right-hand side, have you ever looked at the Trends For You box on Twitter? The trends for you. It's very bad. If you're in the home like timeline, there's always a box on the side that says trends for you. Like, how do you, do you think this is good for me? Trends for you. Trending in the United Kingdom. Liam Gallagher. Hashtag endless social media. That's promoted by someone. Avram Grant. Don't know who that is. Trending in the United Kingdom. Jake Paul. Trending in United Kingdom, Alex Morgan. Don't know who that is either. I know who Jake Paul is and I wish I didn't. Alex Morgan is a footballer. Okay, that makes um, sense. It's One I of them's always a footballer, isn't it? That's like a rule. One of them has to be a footballer. It defaults um, to David Beckham if no one says anything racist. Yeah, Alex Morgan is... Um, is she? I can't remember if she's captain of the US soccer team, but I think she's... Oh, because the Women's World Cup some. Yeah. Right. Um, and then that that's also Avram Grant is a man who is a football manager. <laughs> He's a man. He is a man. 
Um, so that will explain why. I have no idea why he's trending. Um, for me, I've got ESP USA. So that is Spain versus USA in the okay. uh, in the Women's World Cup. Then Mike Ashley, who is the owner of Newcastle Football Club and all round. Wait, Marie. is that not the the Sports Direct guy? It is the Sports Direct guy. The man who invented the large mug. The the man who gave us the largest mug in the world at the expense, and also is a large mug at the expense of running one of the biggest and most popular football teams correctly. Um, he has been he's been running Newcastle United into the ground for a, I think he's been owner for like ten years, fifteen years now. I did um, not know that ter- he's done a terrible job, and all of the fans hate him because he's awful at it um then hashtag ashley out which is relating to the mike ashley twit trending um their manager rafael benitez uh is leaving the club uh which they're very disappointed in because the fans loved him because he was a very good manager um but he's not been getting any support from mike ashley because mike ashley has been spending it all on cheap shoes unfortunately um all right so i have those then i have avon grant i have hh awards 19 I have no idea what that is. Haddock. Haddock Awards. The Haddock Haddock Awards. Uh, the Fish Industries Premier Awards. Housing Heroes Awards. Ah, uh, okay. Well, I that know. sounds nice. I, I don't know what that is, but I... I good, good good job, everyone who wins in the HH Awards. Um, yeah. And then... I've, yeah. I've also got Max Hastings. Uh, I know why Max Hastings is trending. Because he wrote a piece in The Guardian absolutely savaging Boris Johnson, which was a very good read. So I recommend that. Oh, good. I thought it was just... And said, I used to be his boss. He is unfit for public office. <laughs> um, it was very true. Um, I thought it was about the, the sheer maximum level of Hastings that the world can take. Yeah, it's the Battle of Hastings times about 10. Yep, exactly. No more than 10. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, he got <laughs> no, his name no off a hairdryer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, social media is very bad. Social media is terrible, isn't it? But now it's got to the point where it's trendy to think that social media is bad. So I, I think I'm going to say that social media is good now, and I like it. I am not. It is awful, and I hate <laughs> it. But I have to use it. Um, yeah, never too. mind. I every day I wake up and I'm like, oh, I might just delete it all. And then I'm like, ah, oh, but then what about the one in 10 amazing shit posts that I see? <laughs> exactly. You're doing good numbers now as well. You'll, you'll start to be called an influencer soon. Oh, yeah. Brands are, brands are going to approach you and offer to give you free shit. Like people are going to be like, hey, can you, can you talk about Waluigi for us? Yeah. Here, have some Waluigi themed cupcakes from our bakery. <laughs> That's as high as I can think right now. Yeah, you don't, you don't think they'd at least give you a costume so you could go out and like, frolic around as well Luigi and take photos I mean I'd love that that would be great I'm not sure whether they would they'd get on board with that though that's cool I'm going to get onto Waluigi Corp on your behalf the the separate the subsidiary of Nintendo that is soon going to be subject to a management buyout yes when I instigate it as a shareholder of Waluigi Corp yeah that's how it works right that's how these financial transactions work I don't know I'm not I'm not a money guy you know, I am a I am a money guy, and I can confirm. Oh yeah, that's, that's exactly true. How it works? You got shareholders, you got stakeholders. You know, everyone's a holder of something. Yeah, precisely. Cake holders. That's me. <laughs> Fake oh, holders. Fake holders. That's you. Snake Fake holders. <laughs> Snake holders. Break holders. <laughs> Drake holders. 
Oh yeah, they know when that hotline bling. <laughs> Which can we? Incidentally, we... They, there is a lullaby version of Hotline Bling, and I've played it to my son, and he likes it. Oh, there we go. Did you know that you can get a lullaby Nine Inch Nails album? I did. It's, I haven't tried him on those yet, but <laughs> it could it could make its way onto the playlist. Give it a go. Give it a go. Yeah. There is a livid dog behind you, by the way. Yes, I'm very, very sorry about that. <laughs> There's dogs actually kind of either side of us that both that both just like bark all the time at anything. Oh, and, but I have to have the window open because it's hot. It is. It is far too. Warm, well, it's not even it? hot. It's muggy, which yeah, is worse. It's that kind it's much of much worse. That 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 sort of moisture in the air with heat that just pervades everywhere. You can never escape it. You're walking along and you you just think, oh, it's all right. I'm walking along. Yeah, fine, fine. You, you, know, you walk five ten minutes outside, then you walk into a building, and the temperature changes, and suddenly you're like, I'm massively sweating, but I didn't even realize I was. Yeah, because it sneaks worst. up on you. Because it's sneaky. See. It is the worst. It's awful. Get yeah. out. Get out muggy weather. Yeah. Nobody Not likes cool. you. Do you think it was muggy in 16th century France? I think it was. It was yeah. muddy. We've already discussed that. Yeah, I think I think there was also a level of mug. It explains why everybody's so angry in this film. Yeah, it does. So, Hard work. So this, this movie, right? What, yeah. What, what's the timeline of this film? Uh... There's a cin- the Cinderella girl, Drew Barrymore. Um, oh no no no! It's a flashback, isn't it? So it starts in 19th century, and a grand dame summons the brothers Grimm to the palace. Yes, and then this is at some point in the past, but America exists because they keep sending people to the Americas. Yeah, they keep sending people to the New World. And Drew Barrymore has a very sort of fake English accent like yes. this, um, which is hilarious because everyone around her is speaking like sort of fake put on accent French, which and these days people are actually starting to realize that this is bullshit. Like when you have uh, a film that's set in a place like that where everyone just speaks English, but with the accent of the place that that's actually bad. Yeah, yeah. And this film um, is that is actually quite a good example of that, where there's a lot of people with like fake do, putting on like hilarious French accents, but somehow Drew Barrymore's fake English accent is the worst of them all. And I love her; I think she's a brilliant actor, and she's done so many good films, and I really, really like her. Um, so you know, I don't think her performance in this film is necessarily bad, but the accent makes it kind of hilarious. And again, it is kind of goofy, but you, the film plays it too straight for it to be funny. Yes, yeah, it's uh, it's. That that's the problem, isn't it? Is if it really dived into the ham, then it would go down really well. Yeah, not um, enough ham. <laughs> not enough ham. Um, I'm I'm just intrigued about um, I'm 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 just intrigued about the sort of timeline of this versus um, versus the timeline of real France. So yeah, so when. How do we connect this with Do You Hear the People Sing? The best song from <laughs> the French Revolution. So this is a while before um, before everybody loves a landlord. At this point, everybody <laughs> hated landlords. So they still got kings and shit. Yep. Yeah, they so haven't still had kings. their cake and they haven't so, eaten it. So it's King Francis, who was a king. Is that why it's called France? That is, that is why it's <laughs> called France. Before that, it was called Mudland. Yeah, but um, yeah, ruled over by King Mud. Um, so so 
King Francis was a real king, and then the king in this is called King Francis. Uh, yes. King Francis was also. And he the has. Guy... Is it his son? The yes. Sexy Prince Man. Sexy Prince Henry. Played by Doug Ray Scott. Now, they say you should never trust a man with two first names, but <laughs> you, you have two first names, and I trust you. So that's kind of okay. Um, but. If you've got two first names rolled into one and then a surname, I th- that just makes me very suspicious. Hi, yeah. I'm Doug Ray. Doug Ray. No, you're not. No, Doug or Ray. Pick Doug one. Ray Scott. Yeah, or you, you you can hyphen it if you really want, or you can have <laughs> Ray as your middle name. You can't be Doug Ray Scott. That's not allowed. <laughs> so, and I I think that that is the reason why I haven't seen any of his other films is because he doesn't get enough good work because he's called Doug Ray. I think that's exactly why. He should have changed his name to Stingray. Yeah, Stingray, Stingray Scott. Scott. It sounds amazing. Yeah, I, 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 wouldn't you love to be called that? Well, quite. It would be brilliant. Um, also, I wrote down in my notes that he's a Poundland John Ham. <laughs> at this, even point, though he's probably older than John Ham. Yeah, and, at, at like... this point, wasn't John Ham doing um, like Blind Date on TV? Have you seen the footage of him in Blind Date? He did Blind Date. Yeah. What? The US, the, US. Of, the US version of Blind Date. Oh, not, not with um, Scylla Black. No, he, he had big curtains <laughs> as well. What? This this is wild. Okay. Oh, he's, he's only five years younger than Doug Gray Scott. Yeah. Okay. But I think that does make a fair amount of di- amount of difference. Stingray Scott. As he will forever be known. Um, so, so, Stingray. So Stingray. what I find interesting is how much... They clearly tied it to a specific time period. So it's not quite like... A Knight's Tale, where it's just like, who gives a crap about historical accuracy? Let's just have a load of fun with it. And that is a fun film. And, and that Paul, is a Paul really... Bettany as Chaucer, walking around naked. What more could you want? That is, that is a really fun film. I love a bit of Knight's Tale. Have we have um, we talked about that film? I don't think we have. I don't believe we have. I think that one's on the list. That's one that we should we should get to as we point. should definitely. But get it to. is actually an interesting comparison with this one. Now I think it came out after this. It film, did, yes. If yeah. I remember correctly, a few um, years later. And I, but I think actually that films like okay, two thousand and one, so three years later. But I feel like Ever After may potentially have paved the way for this film. Yeah, at least I think so. Created a bit of an appetite for um, sort of vaguely historical, goofy romance films. Yes, yeah, I think you're right there. Where it had it, 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 it doesn't have its tongue as firmly in its cheek, and I think that's the problem. And I think from the off the back of that, other movies recognised what they could do with it. Yeah. Also, no jousting. Like, jousting is fun. If you're going to do a film that's even vaguely near to a time when there would have been jousting, you should put a joust in it. Yeah, precisely. Precisely. Um, whereas here, they set it in the the 1500s, clearly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they've got King Francis. But then I forgot, like, Leonardo da Vinci's randomly in it. In interesting, France. interesting you should say that. But <laughs> is I, it actually historically accurate? It is kind of historically accurate. So, Because so I don't Francis really know, but it did kind of make me chuckle. King Francis. I thought they'd just gone like, who's a good historical figure? Da Vinci. Let's, <laughs> let's just, just chuck, chuck him in, in there. In. Um, yeah, King Francis I. Um, here's a little factoid for you. Um, he uh, He did, he was like buds with Leonardo da Vinci. That's cool. I'm down with that. Yeah, so I think the fact that Leonardo da Vinci is there is kind of historically accurate. 
um, equally, his son was called Henry. Henry da Vinci. Henry da Vinci, no. Francis's son was Henry. Uh, Henry II um, took over. Um, but Henry II did not marry... Um, he did not marry Drew Barrymore, unfortunately. Instead, he married one of the de Medici's. Oh, um, what a shame. Uh, the very the very powerful um family um Boo. so yes he in, sold out inaccurate man. inaccurate he, he should have married, married drew, drew barrymore. barrymore in fact yeah i wanted him and drew barrymore to get it on that would have been a much better film yeah oh, oh, oh are you still talking about leonardo da vinci here? yeah yeah i am <laughs> wait who else would i be talking about well i was talking about henry in real life oh king 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 prince henry yeah, King Prince Henry married Catherine de' Medici. Oh right, so who did Leonardo da Vinci marry? He he married his flying machine <laughs> and flew off into the sunset. <laughs> That's also the film I want to see: a romance between a man and a flying machine. That sounds like something you would like. Uh, I'd watch that. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be the like shape of like ex- the shape of water. It'd be like somewhere between the shape of water and Ex Machina. Okay, Leonardo da Vinci wife. What have you got for me? <laughs> of course, all of the the searches: Leonardo da Vinci feet, Leonardo da Vinci net worth, <laughs> Leonardo da Vinci net worth, <laughs> Leonardo da Vinci Instagram. Um, Would you think he'd be an influencer if he was around now, old da Vinci? Yeah, he'd be. He'd be an Elon Musk, apart from building. Oh my stuff. god, he would be. He would be Elon Musk if he was here today, wouldn't he? Nah, I reckon he'd be posting all his like his cool pictures of like here. There's here's like a picture that explains all of aesthetics, and it will get like three likes. Oh yeah, um, yeah, that's exactly what would happen. Yeah, and then at the end he turns into like what's it called the the vicarious man, and then they, then he's got like called the forearm. They got like five arms, and he uses those to fly off into the sunset after the flying machine leaves him for another man. Yes. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon we should make this movie. Yep, I think we we could call it the Da Vinci Code, <laughs> <laughs> and make it. No matter how weird you make it, it couldn't be any worse than the actual Da Vinci Code, right? <laughs> the famous man looked at the cup. <laughs> the, was that? the famous man looked at the red cup. Yeah, yeah. Totally real, definitely real sentence from the Da Vinci Code. So, so renowned the, author Dan Brown. So Leonardo da Vinci was reportedly homosexual. Oh, did so, he? Did he have? Did he marry a man? I guess because you couldn't, you couldn't marry a man. I imagine he probably couldn't marry a man under Catholic slash Protestant oh, right. at the time. So he didn't um, have, did not have children. Uh, I don't know. Mm. Uh, there's a big old Wikipedia entry called "The Personal Life of Leonardo da Vinci," and there's far too much information on it for me to possibly glean um so yeah but he never married there is no full record it, of it says that but that's only because the the church wouldn't recognize his marriage to his flying machine yeah exactly they they came close but they were like no we can't so sorry, sorry leo we, we've checked with the big man upstairs and he it says was no adam and eve not adam and flying machine <laughs> Yeah, I imagine if like Adam had had a flying machine, he could have just flown right out of the Garden of Eden and avoided the snake altogether, and we wouldn't have sin. Yeah. There'd be no murder. 
you screwed that one up, didn't you? Yeah. Should have, should have built a flying machine. Nice one, Adam. Jesus. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Adam. God. Although this is that is what most of the the, the Christian faith comes down to. Thanks a lot, Adam. Yeah, like well the whole done, concept mate. of original sin is just so utterly ludicrous. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's almost as ludicrous as the scene in which is. Does, what does Da Vinci? Does he? Is he like on his flying machine and he falls in a lake and then she has to save him and get him out and then they don't yes. romance each other because she likes the sexy Poundland John Ham Prince instead of the bearded man. Instead of the flying machine, it's fucking shallow, honestly. <laughs> yeah, people always say love is blind. You know, like famous philosopher Tommy <laughs> <Damien> Rousseau. <laughs> Um, but this movie has a case in point that it's not we haven't seen the new the newish now Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero film have we best fiends fiend friends need to get around to that there's too much stuff too much content we're we're out here we're out here watching like not very good or not great stuff from 1998 (laughs) there's so much stuff out there (laughs) quite quite (laughs) But at one point, um, Prince Dugray does say, I wish for nothing more than to be free of my gilded cage. What a fucking whiny little bitch. <laughs> oh, life's so hard as a prince. It's hard to be a prince. Uh, well, to be fair, um, his dad is always riding his ass for something uh, or other. Yeah, because he wants him to take responsibility for running a kingdom. Actually, to be fair, I think King Francis was one of the best performances. I thought he was really good. And I'd see, I've, I've seen that guy yeah. in other stuff. I can't remember his name. Yeah, he's great. Um, but yeah, no, it always really annoys me where it's like, oh, my life is so hard as a prince. You have no idea how yeah. hard it is. It's like Harry Potter's constant whining where he's just yeah, like, but pr- oh, my life is so unfair. Well, prince Henry oh. doesn't have like Voldemort chasing after him. No, it's, he has it even easier than Harry, although he doesn't have magic. If, if, if you found out magic existed, you could never complain about anything else ever again. No, you'd never have to go to the toilet because as... As we know, wizards, like, before they used to have plumbing, they just used to shit themselves and magic it away. Yeah, that's 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 canon. That's canon, yeah. <laughs> that's Harry Potter canon. Um, yeah, uh, just stop whining. <laughs> stop whining, wizards. You're always whining. Wizards, Get in my way. princes, kings, da Vinci's, they're all just a bunch of whiners. They are. What, what losers, honestly. What would you know about having to go to work in an office and getting blisters on your feet and coming home to an angry baby? <laughs> what would you know? Da, Vin- da Vinci I, never even had kids. If I, was a, <laughs> if I was a wizard prince, I would be loving life and I would take full ownership of the world and you wouldn't have to worry about Boris Johnson being leader because oh, I'd be your leader. Yeah, I, I would love that. I'd be your wizard prince leader. Would you use magic to solve my problems? I would use magic to be quite evil, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I'm in a very bad mood today because well, I've, ba- I've gone back to work for the first time in two weeks. Oh, God, yeah. Um, Did you come back to good. a mountain of nonsense? Oh, of course, of course. Um, <laughs> is there any other way to come back to work? But, um, yeah, so so in current mood, if I was your wizard prince leader, I'm not going to lie, I would probably rule with an iron wizard fist. Yeah. But it would be an iron wizard fist of love. Yeah. Carrot and stick. Yeah. Wizard carrot, wizard stick. In the wizard sleeve. In the wizard sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this film does not have magic or wizards, but it does have Da Vinci 
almost being magical. He's walking. He's, a, he's, he's walking a on real water. Life wizard, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I thought he was quite. He was kind of a cheeky character. But again, they could have had so much fun with him. They could have made him really goofy, and he wasn't that. But he did kind of add a bit of much needed like relief. Do you not think? Yes. Yeah. I, I. It gave a little bit of energy and a little bit of life to the movie, didn't it? Yeah, for sure. So the guy who played King Francis is called Timothy West. And just to see, because I've seen him, definitely seen him in like loads of stuff. He's a, he's had a very long esteemed career. Yeah. Okay. He played a judge in 102 Dalmatians. That must be where I, <laughs> that must be where I've seen him from. I mean, that is probably where you have seen him before. That's, that's a surprisingly good film, 102 Dalmatians. <laughs> as he as is... director video sequels go, it's not bad. He is in the first ever episode of Inside Number Nine, one of the most underrated television shows ever. Mm-hmm. Um, which is good. He's also in Toast of London, which is a great oh show. yes, that's right. That's a brilliant show. Um, everybody, everyone should watch Inside Number Nine and Toast of London, both of which are are great. Yeah, Clem Fandango. <laughs> um, and then yeah. you got the the two ugly sisters so uh, the younger and one of whom is sort of vaguely nice to cinderella for no particular reason is played by melanie linsky and i believe this was her first role and we saw her in away we go amongst other films but she's very good i think and underrated yes that was an interesting decision to have one of the sisters be sympathetic yeah I, i quite liked that it was and it was only kind of there in the background wasn't it but it was yeah yeah, I thought that was quite nice actually. It wasn't what you were expecting as well. Yeah, no. So that was that was good. I liked that, and I I think they just needed to change it up a little bit more, didn't they? I also was not expecting Toby Jones to appear as a royal page, who then is sort of like you're like, is he getting on with the stepmom? Like the way they who sort of like appears and weirdly flirts with her and gives her info from inside the king's court, and you're like, oh, what's going on between those two? Well, she is she is flirting with everybody, isn't she? Angelica Houston in this is great. Yeah, yeah. Again, I think quite a good performance. I think the performances on the whole are good. Yeah, worth pointing out. She's really good in this. I'm not sure whether everybody's performances are worth writing home for, but she is really great as an evil stepmother. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's good. I like her in this. Yeah, for sure. It made me realize that I think I. It's, she's someone you're very, very aware of being this big star, but I hadn't actually seen that much of her work, really, I think, looking back over her filmography. Oh, really? Apart from in, uh, in Wes Anderson films. Um, so you've got The Addams Family as well. Oh, yes, yeah. It's all stuff that I haven't seen in such a long time. And uh, The Witches, which is a great adaptation of a role time. Ah, yes. Book. Kind of scary, really actually. Oh, yeah, it's utterly terrifying. Um, but that's something that the Roald Dahl adaptations really need more of. Yeah. They need to get need weird. More, yeah, they need more weird stuff that scares children. Although the the um, Tim Burton's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory can get in the bin. Yeah, well, that's that's not good. <laughs> Let's be honest here. No. I do not like, I do not like that film. Not a fan of that. The original um, is really good. That's the thing. And I think the original does actually really hold up as well. Again, I haven't seen it for a while. But I have a feeling that if I put it on now, it would still seem just as magical it's as still, when I was a kid. Yeah, and again, at that time, fun. it was old when we were kids. It was, yeah. And it, it's still a lot of fun. Although, interestingly enough, Roald Dahl despises that movie. I'm sure he does. Yeah. He really hated it. He was brought on From Beyond to, the Grave. 
he was he was brought on board to write the script and then um they weren't happy with him so they sacked him um and it kind of soured the whole thing for him yeah he was <laughs> never so going to like it very, was yeah he? he was very difficult to work with on it reportedly um but yeah it's uh, it's 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 interesting that one of well i'd say it's the most well loved of the movie adaptations of his work um but it's the one that he he really really did not like not that he really liked any of them particularly no he didn't like much did he he liked scaring children and giants and giants yeah um right so have you got anything else to share about this movie um let's see what what else did i write down i mean yeah that's the thing there's it's a relatively long film but i don't know that there's really that much to get hold of is there you know it's it's kind of almost once it once the pace of it once you realize okay it's set up this way it's kind of, sort of vaguely historical it's played like a historical drama but it's a little bit funny um, and no one's really taking it that seriously but at the same time it's not really like overtly funny either once you you realize that that's the tone of it it just sort of becomes a bit flat and drags a bit doesn't it and then it goes on for quite a long time but doesn't get around to any jousting yeah no jousting not out of 20 yeah and like the low the low down people are cockneys the the posh people are french um there's a point where they play rock paper scissors yeah and then after he's been like hanging out with her he um he goes back to his his dad king francis and says i want to build a university and they're all like oh okay where's this coming from and he's like i met a woman <laughs> i met a woman and now i have ideas yeah there is a very, very good line where um she gets trapped in the cellar by the um by her um stepmother, of course, because she thinks that she's gonna go to the ball and marry the prince and whatever. That's the Cinderella st- part of the story. And there's no magic, as we as we have discussed. No magic. Oh, boring. But um they there's no there's no transformation of like a pumpkin into a carriage or um a footman into a, a horse or sorry a horse into a footman or any of that stuff none of that happens she's just locked in a cellar and then da vinci comes and rescues her after some prompting and he says i shall go down in history as a man who opened a door and that i thought was a hint of the kind of sort of self-aware goofiness that they could have done but didn't yeah it's a real it, it, that's the thing isn't it there's those little hints here and there as to what it could have been um but it never it never quite reaches that point, does it? No, but I think it did pave the way for films like A Knight's Tale and then possibly, you know, the the sort of run of period dramas or period dramas that we even have now um, where they're trying to make things big and overblown and romantic and trying to romanticise history in that way on film. I think, um, you know, it's... Yeah, it, it's sort of perhaps a proto version of that, but it doesn't quite do it for me. Yeah, yeah, I agree completely. Uh, hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. And, you know, Doug Ray. Stingray. And they throw um, a copy of Moore's Utopia on the fire, which I do not appreciate. <laughs> How dare they? Yeah, that's that's very, very bad. But yeah, good, good like cast, good, good performances, and interesting as a, a sort of a... A curiosity because if, if this kind of if you saw this kind of film now you'd be like yeah whatever but because it's from the 90s you're like it's actually they weren't doing a lot of this kind of thing in the 90s were they yeah i wonder how much of it came off robin hood prince of thieves as well mm, that's that's a good comparison and... as well actually yeah they... yeah they're they're trying to sort of do that kind of telling of a of a well-known fable 
through a different lens. With Brian Adams on the soundtrack. Yes, Brian Adams everywhere. Yeah. All the time. And yeah, lack of Kevin Costner, so not out of 20. Should, should have been Kevin like Costner. Waterworld. <laughs> the greatest movie of all time. Yeah. Um, uh, legit talk here. Waterworld is an underrated movie. Yeah, I agree. It's actually much better than people give it credit for. It's a lot of fun, mainly because of Dennis Hopper, who is a hilarious as this big old villain. Um, and it's it's a spectacle movie. And I think people don't give it quite enough credit because it's got this notoriety as a huge flop. But actually, as a movie, it's not anywhere near as bad as people make it out to be. No, and I think fact, it's quite a, fun. As a, as a big budget flop, it also, I think, just about broke even. So it's not even a major flop either yeah it says here that it was the most expensive film ever made at the time in 95 yeah yeah that is that is oh no it says here budget 175 million box office 264 million yeah so it did fine yeah yeah uh, lay off Waterworld. there's nothing wrong with it yep it's got i'm just looking at the cast list it's got jack black as smoker plane pilot <laughs> he puts in a standout performance, a glorious performance. Um. Anyway, right. If you've got anything else to say about ever, no, I think I think that's it. Really, isn't it? Not that much to say about it. It's a it's a fair adaptation of the the Cinderella story. Uh, it's it's not too bad. It's interesting. Drew Barrymore's good. On the whole, the performances aren't bad, but it's just a bit flat and a bit a bit meh. But you know, for Da Vinci, you should watch it for Da Vinci. Yeah, Da Vinci is dope. He's a he's a triple A legend. Yeah. Da Vinci knows his shit. He does. He does. And it was directed by Andy Tennant, who also directed Hitch, which incidentally we should talk about at some point, but we watched recently because both of we were just flicking through sorry, and we were like, neither of us have seen it. It was surprisingly good. Yeah, it's alright, it's Hitch, isn't it? Yeah. But we'll save that for a future episode. Yes. Yes. Um, so how are we going to rate this bad boy? Oh, I don't know. How many, how many rogues are going to attack you in the woods? There's a bit where the prince gets attacked by rogues for no reason. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, I like that. I I get attacked by 10 rogues. 10 rogues. Not bad. Yeah, Yeah, I'd I'd say that's, that's completely fair. I'll, I'll go with that as well. It's a, it's a Bon Jovi. It's a Bon Jovi that paved the way for other slightly above Bon Jovi level movies. Yeah. It it lived on a prayer and the prayer was answered by Heath Ledger and Paul Bethany. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and again, no no one got their bum out pretending to be a historical figure. Where was Da Vinci's bum? Yeah, we want we want a little bit of Da Vinci ball. That's what we wanted from this movie. Yeah. That's a, a, a sliver of testicle. That's not a, a sport, Da Vinci ball. <laughs> <laughs> like Calvin ball. <laughs> like Calvin ball. Yeah. Uh, and so amazing. one guy stands in front and then the other guy stands behind and like glues himself to him as the Vitruvian man. So they've got the legs all sticking out and then they try and kick the ball to each other like that. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Da Vinci ball. That should exist. Yeah. we're gonna. Everyone's going to be playing it in parks across the country. In yeah, in sixteenth century France, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a nice diversion, wasn't it? A palate cleanser. Yeah, after it was after the job. lobster, <laughs> it did the job, didn't it? Yeah. So so up next, 
Yep, it's your choice. What have I we did got? have a I did have a a beauty of a shit piece to throw at you. Did in the past tense. Well, you've got me thinking that I should probably choose a Knight's Tale, but I really, really, really want to choose this other movie. No, let's let's do the shit piece and then we'll do a Knight's Tale. Okay, cool. So we're going to be watching 2011's Beastly, Beastly, which is a modern day take on Beauty and the Beast. Oh no. I've not uh, even is, heard of this. This sounds, this sounds is, horrendous. It is super good. If you like Twilight, you're going to love Beastly. Nothing to do with Beast, of course, the film that we watched that was good. Oh, no. no. It's There's a teenager, but he's got stuff on his face. <laughs> oh, no. You're going to love it, Paddy. This looks horrendous. The actors look like YouTubers before there was YouTube. <laughs> oh no it's Vanessa Hudgens oh no friend of the yeah. podcast Vanessa Hudgens yeah we we love Vanessa Hudgens she's we great. like her but yeah the the child boy she's with oh no he's like bald and he's got scars what is this <laughs> this this looks absolutely horrendous oh mate you're in well, well done on finding this <laughs> have you seen it before I have seen it before yeah it is a it is an interesting movie I'll, I'll say that much oh okay well I I just hope that Vanessa Hudgens can carry it, because that that film where what was it? It was like she played she played the twins in the in the Christmas film. I I actually really I <laughs> yeah, actually like yeah. have a soft spot for that film. Yeah, she was great in that. She did she did she just did a fine job. I like Vanessa Hudgens a lot. Cool, cool. I'm weirdly excited to watch this awful looking <laughs> film. Get on it. Wait, Get is on it. Neil Patrick Harris in it? Oh yeah. What? There's a picture of him holding a dart. The ca- uh, the cast uh, is great. It's, okay, it's... I'm not going to go on about it anymore. <laughs> the, the cast is amazing. It's got this incredible cast of people. Somehow. Somehow. Um, yeah. Anyway, right. Let's. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk more about it next week. <laughs> Sounds great. Cool. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I don't think there's anything else that we have to say. Really. Hope you guys all enjoyed enjoyed the lobster and um, ever after. Last couple of weeks, yeah, it's been a been an interesting run actually of late. There's some quite out there choices. Yeah, we've been we've been mixing up. Nah, that's good. Um, so yeah, so all we have to say is, as always, you can get in touch with us uh, on the emails at bigboysdon'tcrypodcast at gmail dot com on the twitters at bigboysdon'tpod. Love to hear from you. Yes, what's and your favourite fairy tale? Are you beastly? Oh no, that'll be next next week's question. <laughs> Would you rather go on a date with Leonardo da Vinci or Chaucer? There is a there is a correct answer to that question. <laughs> there is. It's not an opinion. It's it's truth or yeah. lie. Although actually, Chaucer's got so many great tales that he would he would be a good conversationalist. I reckon you'd be enra- enraptured by all his stories. Although he would get his bum out. Yeah, yeah. Which you don't want in a restaurant, do you? No, no, exactly. Yeah, they're eating your calamari. Yeah. And then, oh, there's the bum. Yeah. It just stands up and there it is. It's like, come on, man. You know, your, your food hasn't even arrived yet. <laughs> <laughs> the waiter's bringing it in and he sees it. Sacre bleu. Sacre bleu. Because <laughs> all, all waiters are French. They are. There's always one French waiter. And they have the, the accent that they're like put on English f- French accent that, uh, that everyone was doing in this film. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Chaucer or Da Vinci? Pick one, and no, there is a correct answer. There is, there is. We will be grading you. Yeah, we'll put that. We'll do. We'll do a poll on this. Actually, won't we? <laughs> we'll, 
with pic- pictures <laughs> of the Good the point. real Chaucer, i.e. Paul Bettany, and the real Da Vinci, i.e. whoever it was that played Da Vinci <laughs> in Ever After. <laughs> Whose name I don't even know. It says here his name is Patrick Godfrey. Born in 1933. Wow. He's 86 years old. Good man. Oh, wow. He's been acting forever. Indeed. Indeed. Oh, he's been in the bill. Good. That's how you know he's good. Everybody should be in the bill at some point. Oh, and actually it says here he did did a voice in Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, sweet. Role, the local pedestrian population. Oh, well, there we go. Good man. So yeah, Excellent. Ha- hats off to Da Vinci. Yeah, there is a correct answer, but I won't tell you what it is. <laughs> In case you can't guess. Yeah. In case you've never been on a flying machine. Exactly. <laughs> All right. We'll be back next week to talk about um, Beastly. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.